Hi there, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and across the Six Nations as Europe's elite go head-to-head in rugby's oldest international competition. Each week, we'll be looking at the QBE predictor, which forecasts the results of each round of matches. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe now and download wherever you get your podcasts. As always, thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm John Weeks and this is The Leader. As governments continue to issue economic sanctions against Russia and offer supplies to people in Ukraine, help is also being offered by the world's biggest tech firms. Apple has blocked its contactless payment system in Russia. Google has disabled its map traffic data in Ukraine to protect citizens, and both have blocked Russia's media channels across Europe. Meanwhile, TikTok has also blocked Kremlin-backed media, and Facebook owner Meta has made encrypted one-to-one messages available for Instagram users in Ukraine and Russia. But what impact will these actions have, and how much responsibility falls on tech firms to act during international conflicts? Senior tech reporter at Insider, Isabel Hamilton, joins me now to discuss how big tech firms are reacting to the invasion of Ukraine. So, Isabel, first of all, can you give us an idea of what the big tech firms have done so far? So the first thing to note is that the four big ones are Meta, which used to be called Facebook, Apple, Amazon and Google, and with a bit of Twitter thrown in as well. And the companies that have got any kind of social media platform, so that would be Meta, Google and Twitter, have had to think very quickly and carefully about how to deal with Russian state media. And generally that has involved limitations or labelling of Russian state media. In Apple's case, they've I think just yesterday they announced they were going to stop selling products in Russia. So it's kind of like little mini sanctions that they're imposing themselves. But I think the biggest topic for conversation at the minute is around social media and the control and moderation of information. And when it comes to misinformation online, it is quite an important test for these companies, isn't it? It is an important test. I think it's particularly sensitive for Meta because because of what happened in 2016 with them being seen as having facilitated the election of President Trump, you know, after being manipulated by Russia, they probably have the most to prove during this crisis. And they definitely move quite fast. And Nick Clegg, who is their head of global policy, announced quite rapidly that, for example, Meta shut down Sputnik and Russia Today in the EU. They've also set up a WhatsApp helpline with the Ukrainian government. And they've been demoting posts that contain Russian state media links in them, which is uh, Twitter's done something similar as well. So have these measures been effective? From what I can tell, Russian disinformation doesn't seem to have had the same sort of devastating impact that people might have thought it would have, because Ukraine has been quite good at getting ahead of the disinformation that Russia has put out. And I think the tech platforms possibly were ready Facebook managed to catch two disinformation campaigns, actually, one of which was breaking into 
Ukrainian accounts and posting fake footage of Ukrainian soldiers surrendering. And the other one was setting up networks of fictitious people who were you know, putting out pro-Russia stuff or trying to demoralise the Ukrainians. And Facebook seems to have caught those like pretty early. Of course, it's quite hard to know when they haven't caught something because it doesn't come to light straight away. But yeah, I think that the mood at the minute is that Ukraine is actually doing pretty well at keeping the information quite clean and debunking Russian disinformation in real time. And in terms of some of the other avenues they're going down, like those mini sanctions you mentioned, do they seem to be having a big impact? Well, I guess that depends on what you mean by impact. It certainly hasn't convinced Putin to pull his troops out of Russia. So, for example, with Apple stopping selling their products, I suppose the outcome you would hope for would be that this would resonate with Russians who want to buy iPhones, who might try to put pressure on Putin to stop the war. I think we've already seen that there are plenty of Russians who oppose the war. Um, but in terms of, like, for example, the disinformation that we were talking about, actually, I think a lot of it comes down to how it circulates within Russia and the Russian government trying to convince you know, Russian citizens that there is a pretext for this war that is justified. And to that end, you know, a lot of like, most of the tech companies have not restricted Russia Today and Sputnik within Russia, possibly because just politically it would be a bit of a bombshell. But I think that it's certainly annoying Russia. Russia put out a statement today asking Google, which owns YouTube, to stop disseminating fake news on its advertising on YouTube. But it was kind of just, you know, just words so far. They've throttled the traffic to Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, as far as I've seen. But they've actually done that before outside of the context of the war. And I don't think that it majorly affects Meta or Twitter's bottom line. And so is there more they can do? Sure, they could pull out of Russia altogether, right? Google did it for China in 2010. They could take a stronger line. I think that the argument that they use is that their services are useful to people who are in desperate need of information and that that includes Russians and it includes Ukrainian people. And the use case at the minute is that if they impose the correct restrictions, they can be of net use to the humanitarian efforts. I think it's hard to tell just now whether or not that's the right line. I think that perhaps heavier restrictions on state media is what some people would like to see. And so are these tech firms putting themselves at risk by taking action? For companies like um, Google and Apple that have a really broad portfolio of products, they have to be ready for the war to impact their products in lots of different ways. So, for example, Apple Maps and Google Maps have disabled their live traffic features because it showed where there were military operations in progress. And, you know, that could potentially give away important military information. And Google, I saw, I think it was just yesterday or the day before, have also disabled their restaurant reviews feature because Ukrainian supporters or Ukrainians themselves were going into Russian restaurant reviews and putting in lots of protests against the war. And I guess Google decided that this was not what reviews is for. And so they've disabled the ability of people to go and leave new reviews on Russian restaurants. So they're having to think <laughs> in lots of different ways about how to accommodate the, like, the dangers of the war and the way it's impacting lots of different things. 
And one of your stories out today is about a top Ukrainian official trying to get PlayStation and Xbox to block gamers in Russia. It does seem like they're very much trying to go down the route of convincing people in Russia to protest more against the government. Do you think that's the route they're trying to take? So what you're referring to is, uh, so Mikhailo Fedorov is Ukraine's digital minister and vice prime minister. He specifically called out Xbox and PlayStation and said that they should block Russian gamers essentially shut down all the accounts. That would be a huge move. Um, gaming is a massive industry. It's bigger than films, right? So obviously it would have a huge impact on people in Russia. I don't know to what extent it would convince them to lobby President Putin if it did happen. I doubt it will happen. And yeah, I think it's really interesting. However, the letter does seem to have had some effect already because in the letter he also asks the gaming industry as a whole to ban Russian competitors in esports competitions, which is really interesting because we've already seen in the world of traditional sports that Russian athletes and competitors have been sanctioned. And there's one esports organization that I've seen that has already taken action on that and banned uh, a couple of teams. And esports is so big and people still think of it as being quite niche, but it's got absolutely millions of fans. And, you know, Russia's got plenty of gamers and people who love esports. So I wonder... What, I, I, I can see that sort of feeding into the wider tapestry of sanctions. Again, I don't know if any of this will convince Putin to pull troops out of Ukraine. Probably not. So what do you see as the sort of next steps for big tech and the big firms' roles in this war? I think the next little while will be a lot of firefighting. I think that Meta and Google will have to put a lot of work into ferreting out the various disinformation campaigns or cyber attacks that are definitely going to keep coming and coming. I think that it's possible that they might take harder lines if they're put under sufficient political pressure. And I think at this point that could come from the White House. Or it could happen if, for example, there are even more horrendous atrocities that happen in Ukraine. But given that it's already pretty horrendous, I don't think it's going to intensify that much the different sort of limitations they're going to place on Russian users and things like that. There's more news at standard.co.uk. You can find our Ukraine fundraiser at gofundme.com forward slash evening standard Ukraine appeal. That's the leader. We're back tomorrow at 4 p.m. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 